0: Hello, everyone. Thanks so much for joining for another episode of the Black Girl in Ome podcast. Black Girl in Ome creates space for women of color to breathe easy. We promote holistic wellness and inner beauty for women of color. We encourage self-love, self-care, and self-empowerment for communities of color. Thanks so much for listening. Thanks, everyone, for tuning into this episode. Special shout out to our episode eight sponsorship. That's S-H-Y-P. They come directly to you and help you ship all your goodies out. So if you're like me, a lazy millennial, and it's hard for you to make a trip to UPS or to the post office, this is great for you. Basically, if you have a gift or if you have a product, you're a maker, you're creative, and you want to send it to someone, they literally come directly to you. So check them out. And for all of our listeners today, they're actually providing $10 toward your first time using SHIP using the code SHIPSHY10. That's S-H-Y-P-C-H-I-1-0. So check them out. Hey,
1: Zakia. Hey,
0: y'all. <laughs> How you feeling Lauren? Ooh, I'm hot. Hot. I'm hot. It's like eighty degrees outside, ninety degrees outside. And it's been hot all week, but I'm sipping
1: on some warm coffee. And I'm okay with a warm coffee. <laughs> <laughs> because this
0: room can get chilly and you know, I get cold. And this coffee is good. You know what, though? I shouldn't complain about the heat because come November, December, January, February, March, April, because we live in Chicago, we'll be long and not looking forward to it. (laughs) (laughs) So uh, we should continue with what we started on our last episode, talking about our favorite things of the moment. Favorite things. Hmm. What's your favorite thing right now? My favorite thing right
1: now... I'm obsessed with an Instagram
0: page right now. (laughs) Which one? I'm going to get out my iPhone.
1: So there's this amazing, amazing woman um, in New York by the name of Amy Saul. I'm sure you know of her, Lauren. But she has this amazing Instagram that's, like, linked to her journal called Sunu Journal. And Sunu is, like, a wool-off term. And I think it means, like, um, collectivity or something along those lines. And Mm so... I've been, like, going through her Instagram all this week because it's, like, all of these beautiful images and videos of, like, vintage African, like, memorabilia. So it's, like, basically this photo album of, like, things, like, ranging from anywhere from, like, African film, African fashion, African, like, aesthetics, cultural aspects. And I'm pretty sure I've gone through the entire Instagram page, like, completely stalked through it. That's amazing. And so it's been my obsession. Yes.
0: <laughs> yeah, I followed her. Um, I I should definitely dive in a little bit deeper. But there's definitely something to be said for the beauty in seeing, like throwback, right? Um, just blackness in general. Mm-hmm. But it's global an archive. Yeah, like it's amazing. Like she's built like this
1: archive. Like yes. it's not only a journal, but on Instagram, it's like this accessible archive of African culture and like i think it's really specific towards senegalese culture but i just think it's like so dope that she's like sharing all of this with people and like some of these things like you can't even that's amazing and i'm just like obsessed with it so if there are any other pages i should follow y'all like anything to do with like black aesthetics african diaspora please share them with me i would love to know
0: um, yes. Hit so us up. yeah, and we say this a lot, but <laughs> when we say like tweet us and whatnot, of course you can tweet the Black Girl on Twitter, but Zakia and I also have our personal Twitter accounts, so and we'd love to hear from you there. So, Zakia's yours is Z Najiba, Z
1: Najiba, so Z
0: N A J E E B A H. Yeah, on and mine Twitter. is mine is Hello Lauren Ash, pretty much straightforward. But I spell Lauren L A U R E N, just in case you're wondering. So. Yeah, um, that's awesome. So that's my obsession. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> so <random. laughs> No, that's good. That's good. Uh, one of my favorite things right now, I guess it's an experience I recently had. Oh, so almost. I went to Pitchfork for the first time this year. Oh, my God. Yeah. I saw you styling at Pitchfork. <laughs> I was trying a little something in my little orange dress. So, yeah, it's uh, for those of you listening who don't know, Pitchfork is a really dope annual music festival here in Chicago. And I got to go on the Sunday of Pitchfork Festival and I saw FKA Twigs tell me why she got my entire life she's amazing oh
1: my god she
0: has a particular show that she's curated that she's touring right now and when i saw her everything from the lights to the choreography to the vocals to her dancers everything was so particular particularly well curated and so 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 specific like there was not a single movement that wasn't like no she's know, a phenomenal trained Yes. like I could
1: watch her dance videos for days yes She's
0: and amazing. she was playing some new mu- or she was performing some new music girl why did it have like some trap elements to it oh it my was god. amazing did you leave like did you go
1: somewhere else into the ether like were you here on <laughs> earth like where I did you go I was in a spiritual place
0: <laughs> so was everybody else around me we were all looking at each other between each of her oh songs oh my god it was so brilliant so I have been appreciating her in general as an artist, but to be quite honest, I haven't really listened to her music in a, in a linear way. Like, I I don't just put her on, you know? Right. But I'm very excited for her next album because she was hinting at the direction of it, and I'm very, very right. here for it, and I will always see her if she's in town again. So. I would love to see
1: I mean, aside from what people know about her or, like, just see visually, she's, like, her music, I feel like it's something you have to be intentional About, like, listening to. Because you can't just, like, cut it on and be like, I'm going to jam out to FK Twigs. Like, you have to really, like, listen and pay attention to it. Like, it's very spiritual. It's very, like, ceremonial also to a certain degree. So when I, like, tap into, like, her music, I can't just be like, oh, yeah, I'm just going to turn this on randomly. Right. It's like... An intentional,
0: like, listening Mm -hmm. experience. I agree with that. I agree. Yeah, she's dope. Yes. Well, hopefully the next time she comes, we can go together. (laughs) 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 All right. Well, let's get into the show. Uh, This is another episode with a guest, and we are so very excited about our guest today. Her name is probably familiar to many of our listeners, Freddie Harrell. Hey,
2: Freddie. Hello! Hey, hey guys!
0: <laughs> Thank
3: you for having me. Of
0: course, We're so we are excited. so excited. So, what's up with you? What's one of your favorite things? Do you have a favorite thing in the moment?
3: Yes, oh my god. Yes, yes, yes. Watermelon. Like, this is my thing. Watermelon. I eat so much of it. I feel like if I don't, I go into withdrawal i don't feel good <laughs> and at the moment i'm having so much of it probably half a watermelon a day I love and it. uh i love it no i really love it and other melons you know like i love like i love them to hang out but yeah <laughs> that's
0: great i mean i feel like all melons are great for you because they
3: have a lot of water in
0: it too right. so it's, it's very like you're hydrating, hydrating
1: and sweet
0: yeah Oh god!
3: But watermelon awesome. is definitely like the king of melons. Like you have watermelon <laughs> and then you have like white melons. But like the orange one is like the, you know, like the really mainstream one. It's at the bottom. It's like the, hey, I'm everywhere. <laughs> <laughs> There's a hierarchy
1: going on. Like, oh, I never looked course, at it that babe.
3: way. Yes, uh, please. Yes. Oh my
0: gosh. I love it. I love it. Um, that reminds me, I a few summers ago, I juiced some, wa- my roommate did. Let me not even take all the credit. My roommate had the juicer. We juiced a watermelon mint, uh, like a mojito situation. It was so good. <gasps> Those are so good.
3: You need to add cucumber. Oh Ooh. You need to, yeah. And it's better to have it in smoothies so you keep the texture. Because I think what's really great about watermelon is, it, is the texture, not just not just the taste. So if you mix cucumber and watermelon, that it's so watery. So oh my yeah,
0: god. Yeah, yeah.
1: That's, That's like the perfect summer drink. I like know, it just sounds like right? perfection. Yes. <laughs>
0: I love it. I bet the people listening think that our entire show is about to be what? About like juicing and like smoothies. <laughs> Which it could be. If we wanted to. But (laughs) so we're excited about chatting with you today for several reasons. And um, I think I personally love all that you're about because um, I see that you're very multidimensional as a creative, as a woman, as an artist. Like you seem unafraid about. Attacking various projects and various um, ki- kinds of creative expression, and I'm sure that's why you love her too, Zakiya. Yes, because I'm all about multi-dimensional Black women, yes. and like I love it.
1: Yes, love so it. and it just, should
0: be encouraged.
1: Like mm-hmm. we're not encouraged to be multifaceted beings. True. So, exactly.
0: Yeah. So I think we can just start with that. I mean, on your site, I really, really appreciate it appreciated you saying this. You are not only one person, but dozens, hundreds of personalities. We try so hard to fit into boxes that so we end up suppressing some of what we are and end up living the wrong lives. So could you just share more about how you've maybe even experienced this more recently? I mean, it seems like through your journey in, in the past several years of putting yourself, putting your journey out there for more people to to see through your blog and through your Instagram, of course. Um, but like, have you more recently experienced how you're not only one person and uh how you've chased after maybe a, a new project or a new experience unafraid
3: uh yes definitely i think this is something that i've been kind of aware from a very young age you know the fact that there's not only one person in my head but it's only been recently that i see it as a positive things because for so many years i just thought you know i'm crazy i you know like i'm just really weird and it was never something that i liked um but yeah it's since uh, i remember this is something that i always uh, say to people like this anecdote when I was probably eight years old, I went to my dad and I said, I think I have a problem. And my dad is really cool. Like, he's always like, like, like my dad is really, how do you say? Sorry if I make mistakes, by the way, I'm French. I'm here, you can, I'm sure you can hear that. But, uh, yeah, like, my dad is really sort of philosophical and really, you know, like, into, like, how can I say? He's really... um you know, like really into introspections and I've always been, you know, like kind of introspective too. So you will always have time for you if you talk about you know, like the way you investigate yourself, and um, I, I went to him when I was really young and I said, Dad, I think I have a problem. And it was like, What is it? But I was really serious about it, you know. I like, I really thought about how I could come to him and expose this problem, right. which was huge. And I was like, I need to make it, I need to make sure it's you know, like easy for him to be able to understand. And uh, I said, Look, I think there's more than one person in my head, and you know, this is it, boom, the the bomb has dropped but actually no like he loved. he was like it was like actually i think in your case it's more like four to five people <laughs> so at the time you know like I, like at the time i didn't feel like it was helpful but now definitely and i think you know like over the years so that was like 20 years ago now i uh, you know i think there's probably 50 to 60 different um people in my head and that's mm-hmm. fine i think that's fine um but yeah like for so many years i definitely try to um, kind of you know like tune them into that one person that i wanted to be you know like really try to i think i was a people pleaser for so long but the problem with that is that you like you can't please everyone so you always end up being frustrated so that you Know for this reason, I was really really insecure. I think the way that I grew up as well was kind of, um, you know, I think so many people grew up the same way, but you know, like, so obviously, I am black and I grew up, I was born and raised in France, I'm from Paris, um, but really the suburbs of Paris, and and um, so where I'm from, there's lots of, you know, like you have black people and, you know, like our minorities, I guess, in the suburbs of France are mostly black and Arabs. And but from the age of 10, my parents sent me to private school and then it was kind of like the first um, not cultural shock, but it was just a bit of a shock because my school was like far away when you know, like all of my my neighbors would just go to local school and then went and I went to this private Catholic school where you that I wasn't the only black person, but mm-hmm. it was definitely a minority, and you know they and you could feel there was like a little bit of a gap in the social background, like not so huge. But like a little bit with some people. And, uh, and I was also younger because. <laughs> I used to be smart. So I skipped (laughs) classes. (laughs) So I was younger than um, the people I was in school with. And I just remembered, so I was 10 when I started, and it was kind of like a big of a shock. And the school was harder, and I've always, always, always wanted to be really good at school. I don't really know where it comes from, but from a very young age, I've, I've always tried... I've always wanted people to see me as this super smart and interesting and special person. I think it comes from a place of insecurity, but I was good at school. And that was the only thing that was validated for me that far. And uh, so I was really, really into school. But um, in that school, it was like, quite harder. And the people were really different. Like I think that's when... You know, like, that's the age where you're supposed to develop yourself, you know, like, from 10, like, you start at 10, and then there's the teenage years, and the environment I was in, and the, you know, like, I just think, I just felt really lonely for a while, I really felt like there was no one else like me, Mm -hmm. I really felt like I was kind of, like, stuck, you know, like, within this mind and this body, And then it just got worse. After that, I went to another private school instead of going to uni. And like this was proper posh Paris. Mm -hmm. And it was a nightmare. Actually, to go through my master's, to manage to finish my master's year, I had to go through therapy. It was impossible for me to continue going to school um, without that because then the gap was massive. The people were openly racist. I mean, French people... Mm -hmm. Are just unfiltered. They just say things. Mm-hmm. And yeah, it was definitely um sorry, I forgot what was the question. I just talked so much. No, no
1: <laughs> I think that was beautiful. Sort of like sharing your story as you experience these things from a young age. Um,
3: yes like the multi personality thing. Mm-hmm. <laughs> right. Yeah. So I think they are not sorry, so yes, I just felt like you know, like, there were so many ferries, and, like... But, you, you know, like, you look at the people around you and everyone seems to have things figured out. You know, like, you get through mm-hmm. teenage years and people start having boyfriends. Like, no one was into me. And trust me, I was not fussy. I was literally, like... I want to have a boyfriend too. And I would just like be ready for anyone, but no, that didn't happen. Right. And I think, you know, like you look at people around you and some people go through teenagers ages and, and they don't have acne or they just have like a Walkman or like a CD player. And you're just like, your life is perfect. And I'm just here like being a weirdo and a nerd. And uh, yeah, so that's when, I like that was my first experience of realizing there was more than one Fridays because we were not saying the same thing we didn't want the same thing Mm -hmm. we were like you know I always felt like I was acting against what I was thinking like it was just messy basically I just felt messy everything was messy so from a very young age yes I knew there was more than one in my head Mm
0: -hmm. (laughs) no everything you shared too um, (laughs) even though it might feel as if you kind of went to different topics it all relates to me to the fact that you had all these different experiences and um, throughout them, you 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 kind of like learned that you were going to ultimately have to define yourself on your own terms one way or another. That's what I really get from yeah. a lot of your you. Especially early when you mention
1: like comparing yourself to other people. I think that like the strength comes with self-definition because our journeys are always going to be different. And listening to your story and your experiences, it's very empowering because you had these very, you know, headstrong experiences, as you were mentioning, with racism and not being confident and having issues around, um, you know, being compared to those you were in space with. But ultimately, you as this multifaceted being and doing what you do now, I think it speaks to the strength that people can find by self-defining and sort of going through these really challenging obstacles.
3: But I think it's really difficult, isn't it? Because you kind of like expect people to tell you, you know, like to make a definition for you. Especially when you're young, you think that people, like I definitely felt like everyone would know better about anything. So you kind of like wait for that. And I think the difficulty sorry I forgot to mention is that at home it was completely different. But you know, I come from like a normal background. It's not like you know, like my parents were um African immigrants. We come from Cameroon, which is just at the bent of Africa. So like next to Nigeria. I love saying that like, it's just at the bent. So West Africa. Yes. Yeah, so my parents are from there, but Cameroon is a used to be a French colony, so it's not like there was any language barrier. My parents are native French speakers, mm-hmm. and there were teachers, so you know, like I come, you know, like it was at home. It was still like a, a stimulating uh, environment, but it was still very much different. You know, like we grew up uh, like African family style, where there's always some people coming and living with you and, like, your cousins, someone is coming for 10 years or whatever, and then, like, you go to school and everyone is just, like, so white and different and they go on, like, family holiday and they go camping with their parents and, you know, we, we didn't do that because we didn't have the money or whatever. And so it felt a bit like... You know, like, back home, some of my cousins would always, like, call me, like, the white girl, you know, like, I speak white, I act white, and then, like, you go to school, and people ask you random questions, like, you know, like, does the water go brown when you shower? So, (laughs) you're just like, okay. (laughs) I'm like a sort of alien, just, like, in between. Mm -hmm. And, um, yes, that definitely uh, made me feel kind of like isolated and weird and yeah
0: (laughs) well thank you for sharing that i feel like i just everything that you shared and and also what you were saying um, about self-definition Zakia, just reminds me of a quote that i think relates to this so much um and you probably both have heard it but the audrey lord quote if i didn't define myself for myself i'd be crunched into other people's fantasies and eaten alive i love yes
3: always love that
0: quote it's so so true Mm -hmm.
3: That is, yeah, it's so true. Ah, I love that. You're going to have to tweet me that one. I will. Or email me. (laughs) I'll I'll do it.
0: (laughs) So um, let's transition to talking about you now. So, I mean, I don't remember exactly when I started following your journey online, but I can say for certain it was sometime about two years ago. Like, it's been been
3: a
1: while. Yeah. Wow. That's probably (laughs) around the same time I started following
3: Oh, okay. So you knew when I was uh, the when I was called. I go by Funky, like the blog. Okay. Oh, (laughs) yeah. We both know. It's so weird because you know, like uh, for me, you know, Instagram or whatever. Like you see, like you like it's a virtual world. You know, like you speak to people or you see your followers, but you know, like it's just a number. So like when people tell me, "Oh, Freddie, I've been following you for," you know, it, it definitely feels weird. I'm like, really? Oh, thanks. (laughs)
0: I think we can relate with that too with Black Girl in Om there are some people who like approach us on the street sometime or whatever and they'll be like oh I've been following you and you're like yeah it's really really
1: interesting (laughs) it's a really interesting experience
3: I know it's so weird I went to New York for the first time in February I had never been to the US and someone stopped me on the street and I'm like what? stop it (laughs) you know I've never come to the US and someone like on I think I was on Broadway they were like hey you're Freddie you know Like no way,
0: and the thing is, (laughs) every time someone approaches you, you have to remember that there's about ten more people who saw you who were too shy to say hello.
3: Oh wow! Don't say that. (laughs) It's true. It's true. true. It's It's true. true.
0: true. But yeah, so you've been um, sharing your journey, particularly through style and confidence on your Instagram and on your blog and through that transition um so I am really curious to hear you talk more about your um transition into becoming a confidence consultant I think that's phenomenal I think from the outside a lot of folk can look at style bloggers or look at people with a uh, a more bold and um confident um outward expression of style and say oh that's superficial or oh that doesn't really matter like why but Personally, I've been on my own like style journey this past year and I've really seen how much it really can relate, you know, the the particular kind of um, like self self-confidence mm-hmm. through style, how that really does does like lead to a boost in your own self-esteem and confidence. And it doesn't even necessarily have to do with how anyone else perceives you, but it's all about how you feel when you get up, put on something, and walk out and enjoy the rest of your day. So I'm hoping that you can kind of
3: talk about some of these things. <laughs> yeah, no, I really think, yeah, you know, like it's your own thing, you know, like like we were saying earlier when, you know, like you need to define yourself and, and you grow up thinking that people have to do that for you. And I think that style is the easiest way to start. So to give you a bit more of the background, and please stop me, if I talk too much, but, <laughs> um, no, but you know, so like, you know, so I was telling you, like growing up, I was really insecure, blah, blah, blah. And like really, really shy. And uh, I was really into, you know, school and not so much, you know, I, I was never in trouble. I've never done anything. You know, I, I was quite boring. And, um, <laughs> And I think I've always really struggled to express myself, you know, like really, you know, like say, this is what I think, this is what I want, because I, I always wanted to please people. And I ended up in the wrong career that way. Uh, you know, I have a master's in finance and I started my career in banking. When I say wow. that, it sounds so weird, but yeah, <laughs> I worked in banking for like a year and a half and then I, because um, I, I really wanted, again, you know, to everyone think that I was this smart girl and, you know, oh, is so smart. And. And I kind of, like, I didn't believe that any form of creativity, I didn't believe that I had any form of creativity within me. Or I didn't even think that doing something creative would ensure, like, you know, like a good and long career, um... Uh, that 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 you that you could be successful through that, uh, but eventually I left banking after a year and a half because I really really hated it and it was making me sick. So I went back to school because in France you can't really change career without going back to school. Turned back to school and I did an MBA in e-business because I thought it was really the fun, like it was like a nice compromise. So you had like the whole techie, smart stuff, but then you had the marketing which was a bit more fluffy and stuff. So when I so I started then I started working in fashion, but kind of uh, by accident, I did my first internship in Paris. And I think I've always kind of had, I've, I've always been into clothes. I've always been into having my style. But at the beginning, it was very much like following other people, what they were doing, but mm-hmm. always trying to be trendy, always trying to have what's on trend and following other people. And then I moved to England, and uh, when I moved to England, I think that was when. You know, i I like I like to say that I was born in Paris, but made in London. <laughs> I, like you know, I'm to England, and all of a sudden there, you know, it was I felt much freer. So I continued. so I ended up working in fashion by accident again. But I worked for, uh, I started, my first job in fashion there, I was at ASOS, and when I was at, at ASOS, we had, like, they had, like, sample sales for the staff, like, every week, and everything is, like, two pounds, so I think two pounds probably, I don't know, let's say, it's not far, from the dollar, I think. But it's really cheap. And everything yeah. was two pounds, so you could just like buy everything. And you know, and then because I've always been kind of like trying new things, but this time it was time to go crazy. I was like buy <laughs> lots of things yeah, every week. I'm sure I would and, too. <laughs> yeah, you did know, like, like put them together. And, and then all of a sudden, you know, like I think this creativity that I've, I had always had before, but that I wasn't really taking control of. I, I don't know. All of a sudden, I just felt like I'm going to explore this, but that was because I think I was far away from home—not far away, but you know, like I was removed mm-hmm. from the, neg- the from Paris, and Paris is very negative, and all of those things that I had I had during my youth would have the people around me have been, you know, it felt like they were behind me, and that was like a new life. And at the time, I had also just broken up with. The guy that I was with, who is the reason why I moved to England, because I met him on holiday and he was British and that's how I ended up in England in the first place. And I think I was trying to kind of like reappropriate myself because... Yet again, I had had my heart broken, yet again, by someone who actually shouldn't have that much power when you think about it. And then, you know, like, and I was just like, I don't know what to ask for anymore. I don't know what to want for anymore. And I was scared, I was lonely. And, you know, it was just like, that's when I kind of had to. Uh, explore myself a bit more so mm-hmm. that was like I think the first stage of it and uh, I, I continued working in fashion but I hated what I was doing so I was doing digital marketing and I thought it was not creative at all it was just excel spreadsheets all the time and stuff and um, after that so not long after that I met my now husband uh, Tom Yay. and um, <laughs> yeah and, then I, and I think it, it, like Tom like Really, really, definitely helped me, uh, you know, like want to go on that journey of exploring myself. I know it's hardly empowering that, it, like, it took a man to take me on that, but that's not just him, you know. <laughs> I think it was a mix of things happening at that time, you know, like synchron. Oh, synchronicity, whatever. Yes, we're all about that. <laughs> and, <laughs> and that happened. But you know, like, not long after I met him. I got so depressed. I used to have like like you no, know, I used to have depression when I was younger. But that I remember that summer. It was the summer three years ago, summer 2013. I was so depressed. I hated my like my my career, you know, like working in fashion, but in digital marketing. I hated that. I hated everything about me, and I just hated the fact that I was just like I'm just a crazy person. I'm not consistent you know I want a thousand different things I say different things I act in a certain way you know I just felt there was no consistency and that that was just a mess and that I didn't make sense Mm -hmm. and I remember that summer I was just like right I think I need to do something about it and go and talk to someone and Tom really encouraged me to start going uh counseling and when I started doing that that was when I was talking to my therapist and i started talking about myself as another person and i realized that then i was talking about the different characters like the way i would organize my stories it was mm-hmm. never the same thing and that's when i really realized that yes i am made of different people but it doesn't have to be a negative things so all of a sudden you know it felt like i was giving all of these characters, their voice back by talking to them separately.
0: Mm
3: -hmm. Mm -hmm. By by, by talking, sorry, about them separately. You know, like hearing me talking about myself like this, it kind of like all of a sudden, it just felt a bit like, okay, so maybe that's not such a bad thing. You know, we just need to make sure that we all get along. And so that was the Mm -hmm. summer that I started my blog. My blog started in August 2013, I had thought about starting a blog before that because I wanted to keep working in fashion, but do something more like styling or design, and I didn't know how to go about that. So I thought if I had the blog on the side first, that would be a sort of portfolio, but second, that would be a hobby that would just you know, keep me sane. Well, uh, when I hate my job during the week, at the weekend, I, I would get to do that. And I bought the domain like six months before I started it, because I was so shy. And that's why it's not even my name. That's why it, it was I Go By Frankie, because mm-hmm. At the time, Frankie was a bit sort of my uh, alter ego. So basically, my name my name is Frederick, but Mm -hmm. English-speaking people can't say it without butchering it. So I'm just like, please don't try. (laughs) I'm like, don't, because they're like, oh, Frederick, and I'm like, well, no, no, it's Frederick. It's much softer (laughs) than that. And like when I first moved to England, I would say, okay, you can call me Fred. I think people, like, understood friend. And they're like, what? Your name is Friend? I was like, oh, Fred, but that's a boy's name. So I was like, whatever. And then, like, Freddy <laughs> came out. So I was like, okay, call me Freddie." And then people started calling me Frankie. They were like, oh, your name is Frankie. And it was so random. Random people calling me Frankie, like, making the same mistake. So right. I was like, okay, Frankie is going to be, you know, like, my fearless, you know be like Sasha Fierce for Beyonce right, Fearless.
0: right. <laughs>
3: Yeah. so I just thought if I start the blog with Frankie if people start to criticize me or they start being nasty it's fine you know like they are not attacking Freddie wow. they're attacking Frankie so that's how it's uh it started and uh yeah and then by, you know, I gave myself this freedom and my husband was really encouraging me. He was like, okay, I bought a camera. Let's get started. Like, every excuse I had <laughs> yes. to not do the vlog. <laughs> yes. It was like, oh, you want a camera? There you go, I have a camera. And he was like, okay, I will take your photos. So we started doing that and he was always like, oh, yeah, Freddie, I love when you smile and all of those things. And and then, I would, you know, so we started doing that together and I would always, like, bring crazy clothes and um, from the sample sales and like, try them on the blog. And I think the more bonkers they were, the more I liked it and the more he would encourage me as well.
1: <laughs> yes. That is and, beautiful.
3: <laughs> <laughs> yes. Yeah, so, and then it's just, you know, it feels so good because then you really feel this feeling of, uh, of uh, you know, like that you are valid, that you, like you've reappropriated yourself because. Because the mix of your style and the way you, you know, like the way you wear your hair and the way you dress, the way, you know, all of this make you even more unique, you know, like, it's, like this really unique mix. And I am me and, that, you know, I was not copying anyone. And I think, you know, like exploring your style and wearing whatever you want and not worrying about what people are going to think is definitely a good step, like a, a good first step to, to really claim yourself back. Um, because yeah like that's how you can express yourself but also be unique I oh love. It. thank it's you so much for sharing this this and thing. I love what you just
1: said about reclaiming yourself <laughs> yes. and validating yourself because I think it's really important like especially when people style themselves like that's basically a form of signifying like you're signifying to the world like this is who I am this is who I'm not and this is who I'm confident in being And I think it's really powerful for you to share that because I often think about women and how we project ourselves and how, you know, there are all of these ways now that women can like validate themselves through style. Um, And so can you talk a little bit about like how you incorporate those things into your confidence workshops
3: with other women? (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> you know, definitely. So, so I think it was, you know, it's definitely a mix of that um, therapy that I did. You know, I don't think that the therapies that I saw was anything special. Not that I'm like dissing her or anything. You know, she was just there listening to me. Actually, many times she annoyed me. I think she was a bit... I think she was like sort of like fascinated by me but just because she had lived in Africa and mm. she was just like, Oh wow, you're African and uh, wow. <laughs> but like <laughs> No, I don't know. But like she was but she was sweet but you know, like, she kept telling me that I had to come back because I was still not okay. And I was like, no, I think I'm fine now. Mm -hmm. (laughs) I had to fight to stop that therapy. She wouldn't let me go. (laughs) Um, But I think, like, it it was a mix of, like, having, like, this blog, uh, like, having this platform that was mine, you know, like, it it was my space. And... For once, you know, I was not too sh- too scared to express myself. But at the beginning, I wasn't saying much. You know, it was all about I've put this outfit together and this and that. I was I was not really talking about myself. Mm-hmm. That came later, and but you know, it was and then but like but finally making peace with myself. Like it started being like it started being a game. And like like I've always been like I, like I've always written in journals and. I, I've always loved to, you know, like record my thoughts, etc. And and it was so interesting to sometimes think, okay, so maybe like this is one of my fetishes, and I'm going to try to explore this. So sometimes I'm going to put myself in situation or try new things, or pick up new books just to, like, as a way to explore possibly one of these characters. So it's just interesting because I think then I've become this fascinated fascinating quest you know but without being self-absorbed or narcissistic like it's not that it was just like you know realizing that i don't know myself so much like i don't know you and then oh, giving wow. myself the chance to hey int- like reintroduce yourself and really like taking the time to dig deep like all of these different uh, characters and yeah so 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 that was one one aspect and obviously like clothes were second aspect and like the fact that i could just like have access to so much of them and um, so that's so so that was uh, how these ideas formed into my head but then uh so going back to what i was doing for a living as a job so when i started the blog like not long after like uh, around a year after not even a year less than a year after i managed to get another job so i went i was at top shop at the time and I went back to ASOS, but this time as a stylist, but it wasn't like, it was a, I was a personal stylist. We mm-hmm. were styling customers and, uh, but like via a sort of like online interface. And it, it, it started at the beginning, it was a very cool job. You know, you had like a clothing allowance. Uh, every week you know you had to spend that much money on clothes every week and you know you had like instagram and all of that Like, you really had to you know like show your uh clothes and what you were wearing and people could come on chats with you and and just and you could help them you know like let's say i don't know what my style is or something really random like i have a wedding this weekend what should i get and that's when i realized that actually there was lots of women out there who were just like I used to be were trying to be perceived a certain way through their clothes. They were like, you know, I want to look like this. I want people to think this of me or, you know, like, Oh, I'm 30. I can't wear this anymore. And I was just like, wow. and, at the same time, I had, you know, like, my uh, audience was growing online and people were commenting things like, oh, my God, I want to be like Freddie. Oh, like Freddie is, like, is so confident. She has everything figured out. And I was like, what? Are you oh, joking? Yeah. I am such a mess, like, just like he." And that's when I just felt a bit like maybe what I was doing at the time lacked substance to Mm -hmm. me you know like so maybe i didn't find a way to make the most of that Mm -hmm. but i just felt like you know like for someone who started their their career in finance because they wanted to appear smart all of a sudden what i was doing was too fluffy Mm -hmm. and um so i just thought but then if i was to leave this position i'm Mm -hmm. going to need to find what i want to do because i can't go back to my previous career and i Mm -hmm. can't just go like full-time blogging because you know that's not what I want and uh and I just had the idea of like you know all of these people around me those women commenting and thinking I had everything figured out and I was like well no and I want to do something around you know like I found ways to help myself definitely find I found ways to save myself and I just thought I just want to share that and uh You know, and I love womanhood, you know, I just love, 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 love women. Like the fact that we can like hang out together. So when we do workshops, it's not just me lecturing people, you know, like it's all like us sharing, like, I I think it's an experience and we have so much to learn from each other. I really don't want people to think that I am confident. I think confidence, confidence is, is a state of mind. It's not. It's not part of who you are. Hmm. Like, you know, like sometimes I feel very, very insecure and very often, but I've just worked on ways and hacks to quickly go back to a confident state. And that's what I share with people. But please don't go thinking that I wake up feeling confident and Hmm. that I know what I'm doing because that's not true.
0: Right. (laughs) No, thank you for sharing that. I mean... Going and that's back a to very what you were honest saying about like interpretation. Yeah. And like yeah. I, I appreciate what you're saying about um, feeling as if what you were doing at the time was a little too fluffy. I think that like as this conversation has revealed, like it wasn't ever really fluffy, but maybe from the outside, people weren't really understanding what you had to really go through in order to get to this point. Um, but also that reaching this point there's always us going back there's always us like having moments of insecurity having moments of not feeling you know cute enough pretty enough confident enough but that's okay like we have to just be willing to embrace ourselves in all of those things
3: um yeah definitely yeah
1: (laughs) and I love that you share that with other women because I think it's important for people to have that like shared experience like oh like this is a woman who feels the same way I do some warnings some because yeah. I think that it's really important to make like really strong connections through these really deep shared experiences. And the fact that mm-hmm. you're like bold and honest about like your insecurity, I think that's one of the strongest and most powerful ways that you build relationships, not only with people, but especially in regards to womanhood. Like yeah. I think that there's a particular type of vulnerability that comes with sharing, like, really genuine space with folks and, like, with the work that you do. Like, I think your approach is not only practical, but it can also be life-changing and transformative for those women oh. that you're in contact with. Absolutely. Absolutely
3: well i think that would be a great thing but yeah but but, you know i think yes definitely when we are like like this group of women together i think first it really highlights for everyone that we are very different you just need to look around you and people are dressed differently people carry themselves differently so when you start and say to people we are all this unique bunch of people like therefore but you know like you you have this like you have your own collective of women wrapped into one like you have you have your own team basically all of those women are you and you know like 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 then it's easy to say to people and for them to really see what you mean when you say there's actually no baseline for comparison because i am like maybe 60 freddies and therefore you're like you know you're you're probably like 60 lawrence you know like the probability (laughs) like of us Like being similar is very very narrow, and how can I really compare myself to you? Like where do I start? And I think being in that group, like it it really highlights that. And then when people, I always say to women during the workshop, I'm like, if you relate to anything that I say, don't be like, oh my god, me too. No 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 no, we have, we all have the same problems. That's the thing. We all deal with the same things, but we just don't necessarily voice them up. But, you Mm -hmm. know, like, it's normal that we can relate to each other so much. But then it's not normal to feel like we can compare each other because really there's hardly any baseline.
1: Right.
0: I think that's amazing. Right. I think your perspective... Your perspective on like the self in general is really interesting and profound. Like I'm walking away from this conversation right. with a lot to think about myself. Right. Especially is-
1: what you said about confidence. Like yes.
0: it not always being like this internalized thing. Mm-hmm. Like right. I thought. Like that to was say, really like, powerful. I'm a confident person might not be like truth with a capital T. It's right. like you can have moments of confidence, you can have glimpses of it, you can have experiences of it, but the next day, the next moment, it might be something different, and that's okay. Like that's not it's a problem. Okay. That's okay.
3: <laughs> yes, definitely. But, but but you know, I think that social media makes it harder for people because mm-hmm. it's curated, and you know, like but it's like for example, like Laura and I saw your post. I think it was today, or yesterday. You were like, I woke up at five thirty and I wrote my gratitude list, and I was like, what? <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
0: No. Let me be clear, though. That like... was
3: rare. That was rare. <laughs> 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 but, but I did. Exactly. Yeah, you I know, mean, it's so easy to say anything. Oh, my God, this girl has everything figured out. She's at peace with herself. You know? I was yeah, yesterday. I think she should meet it. Yeah. <laughs> But... Um, but, yeah, and, and I think that people need to be reminded that, you know, you're obviously not going to post a selfie of you crying. Right, or, like, right. or maybe you do, you know, like this. we all have yeah. our moments. And right. it's good that we share all of those lessons and those right. exciting things. Uh, but, you, you know, like, like I don't want people to think that I'm just like hoping and happy all the time. Right. <laughs> right.
0: No, that's okay. Someone actually tweeted me about two weeks ago. She tweeted Me and two other people, I'm forgetting who the other people were, but she basically just said, sometimes I have days and I just wish it was, like, easy like these women. And I tweeted her back and I had to, like, kind of, like, first, like, tame my inner, like, feisty, like, fiery (laughs) self, I'm a Sagittarius, because I first was just like, wait, what? Like, that's, like, that's just, like absurd like to me to receive a tweet like that is absurd but then I have to remember okay well I am a part of this like curated social media thing and and maybe perhaps to some people um it would appear as if things are perfect and amazing and I've reached all my goals and I'm where I want to (laughs) be so I had to just like first like kind of quell that a little bit and then I responded more in love and was like you know I'm figuring things out just like everybody else. And <laughs> right. and believe me, I appreciate that you see that, like, you know, things are, are a certain way in my life, but it's definitely not perfect. Of course, I had to say it in 140 characters or less than that. But I basically <laughs> just told her, like, girl, like, keep your head up, but don't ever think that everyone else has things all figured out because you never know what's going on.
1: And it also it goes back you? to comparison. No. Like, you can never, like, it's not, it's never healthy to compare your experiences to someone else's, especially based off what you see from the outside.
3: Yeah, you don't have the you full know? story. That's the thing. Exactly. It's like so like earlier someone tweeted and said, Can I be Freddie Howard in my next life? And I just replied <laughs> I was like, do you want it to include the borderline schizophrenia and the recurring hemorrhoid? Right. Because you can Right. Wow. <laughs>
0: right. Because people not don't always don't always see the like the beautiful aspects of your life and the things that bring you joy as well as the darker elements and the things that like bring you down. So yeah, it's hard to yeah. have that perspective, but it's, it's important to try to have that perspective.
3: And I also have that thing where, because I'm like... Like you know, I smile uh, on the photos that I post. But I mean, you know, these are photos. Like people think I'm like this super happy person, and I'm just like, but hold on. Like, smile is what my face does. Like literally, <laughs> if you see me, like this smile is just what is just a face thing. And and then, you know, it doesn't mean that I'm happy. It's just on my face. Like That's some how people my blink. Really. Yeah. Like, but some people blink every second when mm-hmm. I just have a big smile and then but then uh, and obviously i'm not going to post photos of me sulking right. so it's not me always being happy it's just me posting photos where i smile yeah
0: that's it <laughs> well i i love the direction this conversation has gone in and i'm hoping um also we can transition a little bit to talk about Your amazing newest, one of your newest projects, because, again, you're multifaceted. I feel like every time I look at your Instagram, you're like, and this. And I'm like, yes, I'm so here for this. (laughs) But um, let's talk about Big Hair No Care.
3: Yes. So it's just the beginning. Uh, I don't know what I'm doing. Because hey, you know I don't know. We can't like tell. Full <laughs>
0: <Well, laughs> transparency. That's me and Zakia all day.
3: That's me and Zakia all day with Black Girl in Home. It's great. <laughs> oh my god! Like equally, you knew. Like it's so. Like it's such a tricky adventure because also I moved to Geneva in Switzerland a few months ago because uh, Tom started working here so to be fair I also started big hair no care really it was like an emergency thing I was I thought about it in the past. And I was thinking, I'm going to do that later because I've just launched a ShareNish workshop. And, you know, like I'm just growing my personal brand. And I thought I would do that later. But then moving to Switzerland, I really wanted to follow him because, you know, like it was his dream job. And, you know, I just thought, yeah, like we need to go for that. But I was scared that he would slow me down in everything else that I was trying to build in London. mm mm-hmm. So I just thought, right, I need to get something else that would, uh, you know, like something else that I can also keep myself busy with if the other things slow down a bit. Uh, actually, the rest didn't slow down, so that's why now I'm like very swamped. And also, I'm pregnant. I was like, let's check that in the mix. Let's have a child. <laughs> and It's just like, like honestly, guys, I've met my limits this year. I thought I was some super woman. I am not. And and um, yeah, so the bigger hair no care thing is just uh, started. So I just thought, you know, I love wearing like I love having a big afro. My hair is not naturally as big, and then like everyone like offer it your hair and I'm just like do you really think it's all mine because I am no hair expert you know like I am not <laughs> and then all of a sudden I, I I became that sort of like authority when it comes to hair and I'm like are you joking <laughs> so then I thought you know like like I might as well just um offer it I don't use uh natural hair I think the way it started it was more like for a money thing initially I didn't want to to use uh, uh, human hair because it was um it was expensive and then you know if you buy it curly you really have to maintain it it's really difficult and i hate spending time on hair that's not mine like i'm very lazy anyway and i'm like no i don't have time for that but then also i just thought it's kind of weird you know, like, also, I had stopped eating meat. When I'm pregnant, I do. But, like, I stopped eating meat because I was just like, you know, you have this piece of burger. You don't even know how many cows were involved in it. Mm-hmm. And that's the same for hair extensions. I was just like, mm-hmm. do you know where this hair comes from? Right. Like, yeah. how many heads? And, like, when you think about it, it's, it's just a bit, like, it makes me feel a bit squeamish. But I think everyone has their own thing that makes them feel a bit squeamish. And for me, hair became that thing. And, uh, and also, you know, I read, you know, I, I watch uh, good hair and I also watch, uh, do you guys know Jamilia? She's an English, she's black British singer, but like now she doesn't sing anymore. Oh, but, uh, I'm not sure. I can't sing. I'll have to look no. into I, her. Like, I haven't I, heard of her. I think you do like uh, like I think she had like a big hit before, but I'm not going to try to sing because I'm going to sound awful. <laughs> but Amelia, yeah, so she's that um, she's uh, she's a black British personality, and she did a documentary called "Whose Hair Is It Anyway?" Oh wow! And yeah, she went. So first she went to Russia, so, you know, like, to look at more of, like, the Caucasian uh, hair market. Oh, my God, it was heartbreaking. And then she went to India. And um, it's, it's actually really sad, you know, like, you have girls, so, like, in Russia, where they just cut their hair, young girls, and they give them like 20 euros, and wow. uh, you know, oh you're just God. like, what? And then it's sold, it sold for a lot of money. But also, when you look, they show the Indian market, and you have all of those temples where, you know, like that's what, what, that's how people sell human hair by saying, yeah, but this hair was donated to the temple. Yes, okay, but some women are being forced to go and donate the hair and then the money doesn't really go back to the community you know yeah. sometimes it, like it goes back to the that, the same people you know where like in every single system that's always how it works mm-hmm. you know it goes to the same powerful people and also we need to think about what it means for Asian women to have long hair that's also part of their value that's also how you know like a man is going to decide he's going to marry someone and for a woman not to be married that can be the end of their lives there so you know when a woman is being forced to shave her head we also need to think of the impact it has on her life as even if for us here in the western world it's not a big deal to be shaved but there it's considered as not beautiful wow so you're taking someone's beauty and then they're also showing the different levels you know because human hair you can have some bags of hair for like like $5, it's really cheap. So you're just like, how come you have some really cheap and some really expensive? And they were showing, they go into the bins and, you know, like they get the hair that people take off their combs or brushes Mm -hmm. and then just like bring them back together and like, you know, they obviously clean them and brush them and yeah, and you have weave, but that was you know, this was like Oh my God. So I I would never judge anyone who has natural hair. Mm -hmm. I just think If I can try to reduce my impact on something, I will. I don't think that all of the clothes Mm -hmm. that I wear, I made ethically, you know, that's not, like, that would be a lie to, like, to say that. So everyone does their own thing. I just think if I can reduce my impact on hair, like, on this, well, I'm going to do it. But I don't want anyone who wear natural, like, human hair to think that I have, that I'm dissing them or that I think that I'm better than them. I don't. I genuinely don't. It's just my own preference. Right. Right and wow. the fact that it's cheaper the fact that it's much cheaper and that you know students and young girls can afford it and then it really shows the playfulness around it it doesn't have to be so serious but when you put 600 dollars in hair it becomes right. a very serious thing right you know and and then you end up looking after it more than you would look after your own hair because hey 600 dollars. but um you know like synthetic hair you can just like discard it you can try new things with it and look after your own hair there's literally no care needed for the hair that I sell you know you don't need to wash it you don't need to detangle it you don't need to do anything to it you just wear it it gets old you track it
0: (laughs) that's amazing I love it I was chatting with Zakia before, uh, before we started chatting with you today. So I've been wearing all this summer, I've been wearing a protective style. I've been wearing, like, my hair in these long braids, which I really love. I love it. Thank I you. It. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. So, yeah, I've been kind of experimenting more because I've worn my hair natural for, like, 10 or more years now. And um, I've... Pretty much just kept it like done the fro thing and done two strand twists. Like been pretty straightforward. But now I'm kind of like entering this more experimental phase, um, finally, because I just tend to be kind of boring with my hair. And um, (laughs) I'm not gonna lie, I've been looking at your zero drama queen clip ins, and I'm really thinking that I want to go bigger and bolder this fall.
1: Zero drama queen. (laughs) (laughs) I love the titles.
3: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, but uh, Lauren, I'll hook you up. Uh, but exactly, yeah, you look like you have a, like you already have that volume sorted. <laughs> well, well, I but... used to,
1: <laughs> I'm actually like I my hair has gone through so many transitions. So it was like big and curly and like really long at one point, and then I shaved it all off, and it was like extremely short, and I had it faded in the back. And then I grew it back into like this natural fro. And now I'm in the process of locking my hair. So I'm in the beginning oh, stage, Okay, so I'm very excited and it's all new,
3: you know? Oh, congratulations. <laughs> yeah, that must be, like my sister started, I think last summer, it, like, it grows so fast when it's in locks. Yeah, like, like yeah. yeah, you get length really quickly. Oh, great. So I'm excited.
0: It's so cute. You should look at her Instagram for a cute little video of her like twirling her head around.
3: Twirling her head. Because <laughs> I check and I do follow you on Instagram, so maybe like I have missed that. Um, but yeah, I'll definitely. And I check think it's again. fun,
1: right? And like hair is also a huge part of you know our relationship to confidence and also how we style ourselves. So I think it's fun to explore like different hairstyles and honestly just being comfortable in trying anything, being who you are.
3: Yeah, I think so. But like, I think we need to think about the playfulness, which I think that sometimes some people forget about. I, I, when I say people, I, I talk about like, uh, like you know, us black women. I feel like sometimes we start something and then we make it a hassle. You mm-hmm. know, like it all started like, oh, yeah, let's have our own hair. Like, let's wear, our, our, let's wear our, our hair natural, and everyone started taking pride in it and then labels started to come you know like oh but you're not really natural if it's not your own hair so, right, like I, right. was in, I, was in, I was in a debate with someone who posted on um big hair no care this weekend saying you know like uh, but you know like it's not your real hair so it's not like you can't be a uh, label natural and you're just like What do you do with that label? Do you put it on your resume? Like, so what does it change to your life to be like, to say, I'm natural. If you're going to say to me, I'm not natural. Right. Literally, it's not going to change anything. But you know, I think that sometimes it causes tensions and people are like, eh, but you're not like you're fake and you're real. So you can't really win, you know, if you relax your hair, like right. you, you want to be white. And then if you if you if your hair is enough Afro, but you have extensions, then you're fake. And you're just like, please tell me how I can win. Right.
0: <laughs> That's so real. <laughs> I remember several months ago, someone reposted a photo of me with my natural hair to this like natural hair, like facebook group and i at first was like okay that's cool and then i looked into it and i realized they were so like on the the side of only natural only natural like judging women who wear like weave or whatever and i like messaged them i was like can you please take this down they're like if you don't mind us asking why and that was why i was like i don't feel like there's anything to be gained from us like basically butting heads over like hair politics i feel like if you're wearing your hair in such a way that makes you feel great about yourself that's cool and of course right. like trying to be as ethical as possible trying to be as knowledgeable and conscious about the implications behind wearing your hair a certain way or another is cool but it's like don't
3: demonize each other right. over and,
1: and that's like a no. form of shaming like mm-hmm. we need
3: to stop that yeah And it's like, it's just fun. Like, it's like, I don't know, you know, like I have big hair and as much as I'm going to grow my natural hair, it's never going to be as big as when I have extensions, especially if I keep wearing extensions, you know, like the contrast will mean that I would always feel like this is not big enough. But then, what? Like, what does that say? You you know, like, when I started having uh, my Instagram account, there was those three girls that had, like, an anonymous account, and they were trolling me everywhere. Like, every page that was, like, uh, posting a photo of me, like, not sure on her page, they were like, that's not her hair, don't don't post her. And I was just like, what does it change? It's just, you know, like... For some people, it's inspiration. Like, they can have that, like, naturally. So I hope if I inspire them to grow their own <laughs> hair to be that big, then I'm like, hey, like, I've done something good. I mean, look at Beyonce. She has, like, new hairstyles all the time. And everyone is like, yes, that's amazing. But when it's, like, normal people, all of a sudden you're fake and you're fake. Right.
2: yeah.
3: Yeah. So, yeah, just fun. It's the fun of it. So that's why I also have those cute characters and, like, those really, like, you know, like, fun names because I really want this. I don't want it to be any, anything glam or like, you know, like something fierce. No, it's not. It's playful. It's just, it's just like me. It's just laid back and chilled.
0: Yeah. yeah. Well, we're so looking forward to seeing more come out of that. Um, and yeah, I think I'm going to try it this fall. Super I hook you. <laughs> okay. <Yay>! Let's chat. <laughs> um, so let's end on like something kind of fun and a little random. We haven't played one of our games in a while, Zakia. Oh, which game should we play? Hmm.
3: <laughs> Do you practice yoga? Oh my god, no. I think I've tried only twice. I'm so sorry. No, but okay. I did yeah. I did a kundalini and I really loved it. I tried that twice I think oh that's great and then I tried like the Vinsaya flow once but I must say that at the time when I tried that I, I think it was my first time and, and I didn't try again I didn't manage to feel you know like I was escaping or anything if anything I was just trying to do the moves well hopefully <laughs> the next like- time
0: hopefully the next time you're in the us you can join us for I'm a yoga i'm coming to your class oh yeah. i have a question i love
3: kundalini yoga you know i think it's more physical right and there's a lot of breathing yes exercises yeah this i love like like i tried that once and then I don't know. I felt like I was filled with love. I just wanted to hug oh, everyone. I went to Bali, for our honeymoon. <laughs> <laughs> I went to Bali for our honeymoon, and I did like I did some uh, classes on my own, where I did like um, Kundalini meditation oh, and like the chakra opening thing, and it was oh really, God. really cool. Like I you really loved it. I felt so. I need to do that to go back. Yeah. To do that every day, <laughs> but I always forget. Oh,
0: yeah. Well, you practice it <laughs> enough to maybe be able to answer one of our questions that we like to ask guests, which is: if, Okay, if you could practice yoga with anybody, who would you like to practice yoga with? If you could take them to a class or go to a class with them, um,
3: I. I don't know um, I don't really know I think I would like to go with you Lauren because you really seem to know <laughs> you really seem to know a lot about it I would definitely need someone who can you know, like make me want to do it more. Well, then we can make that happen. <laughs> yeah, because I think there's like some people who are really good at it and then really into it. But then there's also some people who do it for the trend and they don't really make me want to do it. Mm-hmm. But like, you know, like whatever you like, but the way you do it and the way you talk about it, it definitely makes me want to come to, to Chi-Town. And, uh... yes, yes, please come visit. Goodness. We would love you here. Yes. <laughs> and to give you the go, definitely but um i am my body is rusty like it's so rusty.
0: (laughs) (laughs) you should definitely see if there's any um local like uh prenatal yoga classes that can be a really um i mean i don't have the experience but i've heard (laughs) from other moms like that they say that it's a really interesting way of still connecting with their bodies and their babies like before they have the child
3: I know I heard about that and my husband is really uh, like Tom is really convincing me to uh, go and do that also because we we are in Geneva and because I work for myself I um, you know I don't get to meet people so he's like oh that would be like a good way to meet other people but like it takes me time to think about something (laughs) and then do it there's always months Uh, but yeah I should definitely try and do that.
1: I have one quick question before we close. out. So as being someone who's like into style and your style is like beyond amazing, I'm like always inspired by everything that you wear. What are your top five places to shop at? So do you have any advice or like top five recommendations on where to buy clothing? If you could share that with us
3: it's very uh, basic yeah okay so um number one well to be fair i really love asos because they have so many brands on there and even asos own brand they do really cool things it's not expensive i don't really buy expensive clothes because i just like to have lots of different options so asos i love i really really love zara but you know what i i think i I only go to zara when it's the sale like in london when zara goes on sale they only go twice a year when all of the other shops go like many times Mm -hmm. and but when they do it's like everything is half price and i love zara so zara (laughs) yeah and another story do you guys have another stories I'm familiar
1: with it, but we don't have an actual store here in the States. I've only seen their stuff No, so you online. have it in the
3: States. No, I think maybe, so maybe not where you live, but hold on. No, no, no. I went they have to, stores here? I, yeah, I went to one in New York. Yes. Oh, my God. I went to one in New York. Yeah, it's amazing. I really love it. Like, you don't, like, it's, it's just such it's such a clever brand. Um, I like to go during the sale, too, because it's quite expensive. Um, but there are, they have so many great things, like like great shapes, the clash of shapes and textures and prints. It's just perfect. (laughs) Uh, Yeah. And other stories, you need to check it out. So, so because they have physical shops, I'm I'm sure you can order online. You should definitely have a look.
0: I'm looking at, I'm looking it up right now. I've never even heard of this place.
3: It's amazing. Yeah. It's, it's the same group as uh, a H&M. Oh, there's Monday, one in Chicago.
1: Oh, they, oh, my God. You need there's go. another
0: stories in Chicago? It's saying Chicago. What? So we're going to go after this call. I had no idea. <laughs> <laughs> Freddie, we might Skype you when we're at the, <laughs> the stores. You can help us decide what to get. You have right. to I'll
3: go. So I, don't how I don't know how expensive they are in the U.S. This but, is a um, secret
1: dream of mine coming true.
0: <laughs> I'm like legit
1: serious. Well, maybe
0: they have a sale going on.
3: Yeah, and the problem is that you like you would want to buy lots of things and that's quite like pricey. So but like the they have like they do amazing shoes. I don't know if you're into like brogs or man's shoes. They do they do them to perfection.
1: Well thank you so much. Oh my god. <laughs> you're welcome. You need to go.
0: <laughs> I'm so like this whole conversation was just affirming and brought about new realizations and just inspired yes. us. So and i'm really touched by you being open with us and sharing
1: um these really specific points of transformation in your own life and like these really point these point like poignant points about self exploration and investigation yes
3: um, oh well, you're welcome. And thank you, because by, you know, like listening to myself again, you know, it also shows me how far I, I've, I've come. So it's a good boost for me, too. So thanks.
0: Yes. It's like a little audio diary, this
3: podcast. Yes. a little yes. audit, you know, like, you know, yeah, it's good. Like you have to check with yourself sometimes. So, yeah. thanks.
0: Well, thank you so much. And um, where can our listeners find you if they're not already following you?
3: Oh well, uh, FreddieHarrell.com. I have Instagram. I need to up my Twitter game, but otherwise, yeah, like it's mostly Instagram, I guess. And if you are if you are into Afro hair and you want extensions, you can go on Big Hair No Care. And uh, yeah, then I don't know. Probably new things are going to come up. (laughs) Yeah. Well. We'll be
0: sure to, to share all of those with our listeners as well. So thank you again uh, so much. And also
3: congratulations
0: guys. again on your little one.
3: Yes. <laughs> oh, well, I didn't have to do much. You know how it goes. <laughs> yes. Real, real talk. Real talk. <laughs> <laughs>
0: all right. Well, you're amazing. Thank you so much.
3: Thank you, guys. And have a good day. You, you too. too. Bye-bye. Bye. Bye.
2: Hi, Ayana. Hey. Ayana. Hey, guys. How's it going? (laughs) Great. How are you today? I'm doing really well. This is so much fun. Yeah. Never done this before.
0: We're excited to have you on today. So for all of our listeners, why don't you just share a little bit more about SHIP?
2: Sure. So SHIP is basically the easiest way to ship any of your items. Um, All you got to do is download our app, take a picture of whatever it is you want to ship, and our couriers will come to you in 20 minutes or less. And yeah, it's awesome. <laughs> I'm looking at your faces like, yeah. Yes, we have like, <laughs> 20 not minutes 20. or less. Yeah. And <laughs> that's uh, amazing. And then they'll pick up your items for you. They don't have to be packaged if you don't want them to be. Um, and then we take them back to our warehouse where we package them for you. We have packaging experts there. And we basically do you know, price shopping for you, find out who can ship out your, your item for the lowest price. That's amazing.
0: That's amazing.
2: I mean, I personally
0: know so many friends of mine who are makers and artists and photographers, like people who end up having obviously a customer who wants to buy their work. Mm -hmm. And um, I mean, I said this in the shout out at the top, but I'm kind of a lazy millennial (laughs) and I'm very busy. So it's really hard for me to actually go to the post office to ship things. So I personally imagine that I'll be using this soon. I already know we're going to be opening up the Black Girl Gnome store hopefully before the end of the year, and I imagine that okay. we'll use Ship to send our to send our goodies out. Yeah, yeah. And as an
1: artist, like honestly, like the reason why I haven't started the process of like selling prints or anything like that is because, like, the act of like going to get things to ship out gives so me anxiety. Sitting? Same. Same. So, <laughs> so, like, a service like this, I think, is. Amazing and helpful for people, because I'm sure it like limits like the stress.
2: Absolutely. We just want it to make it as convenient as possible. And we're even doing the same thing with our app. We're trying to make it as intuitive as it needs to be. Um, we actually have eBay integrated into our app now, so if you're an eBay seller, uh, you can totally use this It makes it super, simple and easy to get your items out the door as soon as possible to your customers.
0: That's amazing. amazing. And you were sharing some special incentives that
2: there are for people who maybe ship hundreds, if not more. Yeah, yeah. so if you are a high frequency shipper, which means you, you know, sell up to 50 items a month, um, you can totally get a discount on your shipping from us. Um, Let's see, I think it's um, 300 or 300 plus items a month, you get 15% off. 50-plus um, items, you get 10% off. That's great. So, yeah, I mean, it's every it just makes it counts. super simple. Yeah, <laughs> it Seriously. really does. It it's really like does.
0: Small business owners or makers, like every little bit counts. So that's amazing.
2: And wow. it just takes a lot of time out of being, you know, an entrepreneur. You don't yes. have to be running back and forth to the UPS store or the FedEx store or the dreaded post office. You know, <laughs> the dreaded
0: post office. <laughs> Let's not talk about that place. So are there any incentives for people who ship a lot of products every single month.
2: Yes, uh actually if you ship 20 plus items a month, you can get 5% off all of your shipping. Um 50 plus items, you get 10% off and 300 plus items, you get 15% off. Anything else you want to share with us? Oh yes, I do also want to share that SHIP is hiring, and we are looking for all of you women of color out there to apply. We know you're out there. Yeah, we know you're yeah. qualified. <laughs> we just want you to apply. Um, most of our available positions are either in New York or San Francisco. Um, we are hiring um, for design, engineering operations, people operations, and products. So if you have any experience in any of those fields, please apply. Uh, You can just go to ship.com and go to careers. Amazing.
0: Well, thank
2: you. Oh, of course.
0: This is so much fun. (laughs) As a reminder to all of our listeners, um, you are able to get $10 off of your first ship experience by using the code ship shy 10 that's s-h-y-p-c-h-i the number 10 and check them out ship.com you can al- also download the ship app on your phone thanks again for listening please Remember to subscribe to our podcast on iTunes or Google Play Music. Also, find us on social media. We're on Instagram, Facebook, Twitter. Also, you can follow us on Snapchat. Special thank you to Kali B and Peter Espenson for the awesome jams throughout our podcast episode.
1: This was also a production of Post Loudness, a collective of independent audio shows by people of color, women, and queer-identified hosts. This episode was produced by Taz Callaher and James T. Green and also mixed by James T. Green. If you're interested in listening to any other podcasts by Post Loudness, you all should check out Hashtag Podcast Club. Hashtag Podcast Club is an audio companion piece to the meetups of Chicago-based Hashtag Podcast Club, which is just like a book club, but for podcasts. This is hosted by Molly Marshall and they're released monthly on Mondays. Please find them on Twitter, And also iTunes and Overcast.
0: We're ready to make the radio.
2: Post loudness. Audio.